Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, Hall of Famer, Miss Leanne Whippin. Dave and Chris are back there in the back somewhere doing something. Who knows? We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. We're going to tell you a little later in the show. They've got another 10 days on their um, special for Barbecue Nation listeners. We've got uh, Brad Polacek, the owner and pitmaster of Redbeard Seasonings. And if you look at the video, you'll understand why it's named that. And so actually my beard used to kind of be like that, but as you get older, you'll see these little streaks of gray and then you'll decide not to, um, not to imbibe. Anyway, Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad, glad to uh, be here. And I appreciate you guys having. Of course. No, no problem. You met Leanne at the NBBQA convention and um, you were down there taking it all in. But the first question I've got for you is what prompted you to get into the seasoning business? It's kind of kind of by um, a weird circumstance, I guess. We were I've always enjoyed barbecue and grilling. Um, during the pandemic, we actually started at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was kind of a joke amongst um, family and friends. Hey, I bet you can't sell that. So it went there to. Um, us kind of, I'd always just thrown stuff together at home to put on the meat that we were cooking and had no idea what the recipe was, no idea how much of what was in it. Um, so we went through the process of developing the actual recipes so that we could, um, you know, produce the stuff in the batches. Started doing it uh, at home under the Ohio Cottage Law first for about six months. And then at the six month mark, we decided it was time to seek out a co-packer uh, to start doing the labor intensive part of the work for us. So well, the, the, I've never heard about that. The Ohio cottage law. What is, what is that? Ohio has a cottage food law that allows you to produce certain types of, uh, food or baked goods from your home, uh, without doing it like in a commercially approved kitchen. It's just the difference being the, the way that the product is labeled. Um, there's a lot of stipulations on what you can and can't produce and sell um, mm-hmm. retail for under the cottage food law. That's interesting. Do they have one? that actually? Cause I always wondered when I went to little fairs and festivals, how they can get away with, uh, you know, just their name slapped on a label that they made at home and limited ingredients, if any at all. And I'm like, is this really allowed? And I had heard about that, the cottage food law. So it's different state to state. It is, yes. Yeah, the Ohio, there's, um, I don't know exactly what the list is of things. The concoction of um, dry processed seasonings and herbs is one thing that's on the list as far as the cottage food law stuff goes. So, 
Well, that would make sense because really you're not cooking anything. You're just right. bl blending. So do they have that in Florida, Leanne? You know, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm sure they have some law about it. I, I haven't looked into it, but they have lots of fairs and festivals around here. And I do see a lot of, you know, like pepper jellies and that kind of thing and honey and that, you know, so they mm -hmm. must have some sort of law. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. So mm -hmm. once once you got your first batch you know, mixed up and, and ready to go to market. What was your next steps, Brad? We, when we first consulted with the, first of all, the hard part was finding a co-packer, obviously being a small company at the six month mark end, you know, we weren't producing thousands of bottles. So we had to find a company to work with that had a lower uh, minimum order quantity uh, as far as the, the pounds or the, the price goes. So we uh, we started with three original blends, uh, our steak and brisket rub, a pork rub, and a spicy chipotle. Um, got those into some local stores, uh, boutiques. We did some local shows around the, the area here selling them. Once we got in with the co-packer, then we were able to start um, putting out some new blends, putting some new ideas together. We redid our labeling design, kind of jumped into the more professional realm of things um, from a quality standpoint as well as the you know, the branding aspect of the side of the business. So when you were doing this, when you were mixing them, um, I was involved in this stuff a long time ago. Leanne's currently going huckledy buck with uh, pig powder, but did you, I've never asked anybody this question, but did you figure out your formulas with, with cups, with ounces, the co-packers and mixers, they like it in grams, uh, at yep. least the ones up here did. Uh, did you do the metrics on that, or did you just say, okay, we've got an ounce and a half of you know salt or whatever, and then let the co-packers do the math? We The first blends that we did was all like cups, tablespoons type deal, and he's like, listen, if we need to, if we're going to do this, better to do them in grams. So as we went, he was able to do the conversions for us. Um, but we started off with when we were introducing the new blends, we'd measured everything out by the gram um, into the metrics of a five pound batch is like the base recipe. Because um, the co-packer that we used said that that was the easiest kind of threshold to be able to scale up to the, you know, to hundreds of pounds of stuff at a time. Right. So I got a little bit of a math lesson on how the conversions works. And it's something you don't think about until you have to do it so did you get a little scale i did i had my little <laughs> counter and we got the recipes developed <laughs> and and the thing is you got to think with the co-packer they're using a particular brand you know paprika or whatever it is and so that changes everything so when you gave them the weights in the you know, whatever tones or whoever you use, did they have to buy tones in order to do it? Or did you have to use their spices? Initially, we bought everything locally. When Now we're in the process. They have an R&D bench that they can do. If we have, have a base recipe, we can provide that to them. And then they do it with the ingredients that they source regularly. That way it keeps everything consistent. Right, right. It's all the way through the final production stage. So, yeah, yeah it's a little... I mean, I didn't really have any intention on um, scaling anything with the business, and it just kind of took off, and here we are. So, 
Are, are you able to do this full time now? I notice you've got a Thermo King shirt on there, so you must work partly mm-hmm. as someplace else just for right now. Yeah, I work full time in logistics and operations for a trucking company right now. Um, probably we started doing uh, catering last year. So between the seasonings and the catering thing, we're pretty close to um, making a full time full time gig out of it. We had the shows that we do. Uh, last year compared to this year, we've doubled the amount of stuff that we're doing. The catering stuff is taking off very, very rapidly. So I think it's going to be a, a full-time thing here pretty pretty soon within the coming months for us. So I'm pretty excited about that. Just make sure you've got all your numbers in a row because both Leanne and I have seen folks that, you know, think they're ready to make that big jump and they make the jump and there's a couple things pop up on them and then all of a sudden. They jump ship. They jump ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nerve wracking thing to uh to go through the planning stage, I guess, of that from transitioning to, you know, from working full time to doing your own thing full time. It's uh put a lot of thought and planning into it. And uh it's there's a couple more things that gotta happen first, but I think by definitely by the end of this year it'll be a, a full time thing. So I'm I'm That's gonna right. I'm Go ahead, Leanne. I'm sorry. No, I said, that's great. That's wonderful. I love to see people, entrepreneurs and, you know, making it, you know, for themselves with their products. It's great. I, uh, when you just said a couple things got to happen, I wonder how many times that, that phrase has been said in the spice. Uh, yeah, that would be trademarking. <laughs> <laughs> attorneys. Attorneys, copyright, distribution, all that. Perfection. Yep. <laughs> You'll you'll get there, my friend. You'll get there. What's the biggest thing you've learned so far, Brad? I think the biggest thing um, from a learning standpoint has just been the industry in and of itself. Uh, You hear a lot of people, you know, there's a million seasonings and sauces out there on the market. Right. How how do you fit in? (laughs) Excuse me. How do you fit into that way? Um, Our principal, I get my dad owned um, a business growing up. And just retired a couple of years ago. I've relied on his expertise and his business advice from financial standpoint, operations standpoint, a lot to kind of guide me um, on how to get to the next step. It's been the biggest thing, I guess, is just the industry. Um, there's a million products out there. How do we get ours in there? And our philosophy has just been boots on the ground. I've been going to stores, dropping off samples, talking to people. We're scheduling um, more events this year. Uh, the NBBQA conference in Orlando was huge. I learned a lot of stuff from a lot of people down there. Um, it's just, it's, it's a pretty saturated market uh, for us to be where we're at now. Obviously it's not, you know, a million dollar business, but I think that we're, I feel like we're on the right track. We just have to keep pushing and uh, getting our stuff out there and, and see where things go. So. How do you separate yourself? Like you said, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about this a lot on the show and Leanne can verify all this, but you walk into a grocery store now, just a, a Kroger's or what have you. And where, you know, 10 years ago or even seven years ago, there weren't that many selections. You had a McCormick, you know, you had a shilling, you had Emerald, you had a few things like that on the shelf. And now, God, there's a whole aisle full of stuff. So right. how, do, how do you differentiate your products at Redbeard from everybody else? 
So we try and we're trying to do through the development process of to come up with things that are not on the market or that there's not very many of on the market. Mm-hmm. Just just to offer people something different to give them a reason to try our products. And then with the intention of, okay, we like this, now we'll try this. Got it. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking with Brad Polachek, owner and uh, pit master at Redbeard Seasonings. We got to take a break. We will be back on Barbecue Nation with Miss Leanne, Brad, and myself right after this. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation um if you'd like to find us just we send up a flare twice a day so you can always find us that way uh, but you can go to our website, which is barbecuenationjt.com, or you can go to one of our Facebook pages, our Twitter accounts, Leanne's big on Instagram. Um, we have a, the show has an Instagram page too, but Leanne does much more than we do. But anyway, you can find us out there. And if you've got a message you want to get to us, just send it our way and one of us will get back to you. We're talking with Brad Polachek, owner, pit master of Redbeard Seasonings. I want to jump back, Brad, and talk a little bit about your military service. Um, it says on your sites and stuff that you're a veteran owned, which we talked about before the show, and you also support veterans. How did going into the military and and the tour of duty you did um, over across the pond, as they say, how did that work into you deciding to do what you're doing now? It kind of honestly was unrelated. Um, I mean, there's things that you learn while you're in, in the military that prepare you for everyday life, you know, the discipline, the the regimented schedules, um, the motivation, things like that, that apply to to any type of business. But it was kind of unrelated to the seasoning thing that came a few years after I was out of the service at the time. So, okay. So here's another question then for you: Who gets to play the drill instructor at your house? Is it? <laughs> Some t- we have we have four little ones at home, so most of the time. Oh my gosh! Four! Wow. But uh, yeah, mom mom does a good job of playing the drill instructor. Sometimes I get burned, sometimes, and sometimes it's the kids, you know, ganging up against us. It just depends on the day. <laughs> I like that last one. I mean, that uh, when our daughter and and my wife used to gang up against me, hell, I never stood a chance. I just I just throw my hands up and go outside. I I never did that. How involved is your wife in Redbeard? She's kind of the behind the scenes taste tester. She, uh, her expertise is in the kitchen cooking area. She does all the baking, the, all that kind of stuff. She's pretty darn good makes up some good dishes. So when we try and come up with a new blender, we're trying to come up with a new idea, um, with the seasonings as well as like content creation stuff. Um, she's kind of the mastermind behind that as far as she'll tell me, Oh, that's good. Or, Oh, nope, not going to work. Just start over from the beginning. Right. Uh, yeah, she she does um, help a lot. She also helps out with uh, shows and stuff as well. So got a lot of support from my uh, from my family in the background, back 
background yeah. of so I think and Leanne can because she's already in this, but you know, boots on the ground, especially when you're starting, you're just trying to get a product out there. I think that is so important. I mean, uh we've had people on the show and they mix stuff up and all of a sudden they want to they want a co-packer. They want major distribution. Well, that takes time and money. But if you don't build a, if you will, a fan base, uh, you might not be that successful. Right. Yeah. We that was our focus from the start. Was the local. Um, we're in some a uh, couple Ace Hardwares locally, local boutiques, grocery stores. Um, the majority of the locations in our in are in Ohio. Um, I think we're up to 76 locations now. Our second biggest market outside of Ohio is the Eastern North Carolina area. Um, we did some barbecue competitions down there and kind of got in with some people, introduced ourselves. And um, yeah, the, the boots on ground thing, people like meeting people in person. Um, I think it does a lot better justice from a business standpoint of meeting people, you know, who you're dealing with. Uh, you can present them your products and tell them, you know, in person, why they should try it. I think it's more of a valuable, builds more of a valuable relationship um, than just kind of, you know, blasting out. Ultimately, they're selling the rub for you, you know? So when somebody walks into a store and says, hey, what should I get? Uh, They're going to go and push yours because they have that relationship with you. I agree. And, And I still continue to this day, boots on the ground. You know, if I go into a new grill shop, I always have my pig powder and I, you know, I totally agree with you. Um, And even if you can even bring a sample of it on the food so they know the flavor profile after it's cooked on the meat, you know, the wow factor there, then they're confident in selling something that their customer is going to be happy with. And, you know, what goes around comes around. So, sure. Yeah, uh, when I was involved with this, we did the same thing. I did some some samplings in some stores and uh, went to a couple of local food shows in Portland, which you all have done. And um, that was the only way I really got it out the door was that uh, there's it's kind of a well-blazed trail, but it's about the only trail you can use uh, for a successful uh, venture to get it out there unless again you're mccormick or Schilling, and they just put it on the shelf whatever they come up with they just put it on the shelf and because they well they, they can also do a great price point too yeah, yeah. well That's they the yeah when you're when you're mixing up batches brad how i mean are they 300 pound blocks not and not like a building block but are they 300 pound units 100 pound units do you know how much they're mixing at one time we're doing a couple hundred pounds of each seasoning per batch right now um we just hit the point to where we don't have any debt in the inventory side of things so we're able to we're ordering smaller batches now um at a time that way it's paid for i'm trying to not there may come a point uh, obviously we don't have any big distribution channels yet but sure we're trying to keep things to where we're not borrowing more money until we have to um but it's the co-packers very close to us so we're able to go i just go up and pick everything up from them when it's done so we're not paying the shipping as well mm-hmm. on that not on the price point a lot as well too so well it keeps the product fresh too <laughs> yeah it does it really does it's uh um 
I had I made a mistake when I did it. And if anybody's listening and trying to do what Brad and Leanne do, I got like uh 500 pounds of each one. I had four different ones. And so I had a ton, literally a lot, a lot and had it all bottled and ready to go. And, and then when, <laughs> when I decided I didn't want to do that anymore, I still had a whole room full of spices smelled good in there, but it took years to get rid of it. And I wasn't going to throw it away. So I just gave it away to family and friends after that. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Brad Polachek, owner and pit master of Redbeard Seasonings, uh, right after this. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to The Nation. Uh, I'm JT, along with Ms. Leanne, and we're talking with Brad Polachek today, owner and pitmaster of Redbeard Seasonings. I would, again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Now, look, if you want to try some Painted Hills Natural Beef, we've been talking about it for years on the show, this show and a bunch of other shows I've done. Uh, you just go to their website, which is naturalbeef.com, and uh, they've tuned up their online store, right? So you do that, you place your order, and in the bottom left-hand corner, there's going to be a little uh, place where you can enter a coupon or a code, and all you got to do is type in BBQ Nation. That's BBQ and spell out the word nation, and you'll get 15% off of Painted Hills Natural Beef. And also pig powder for Miss Leanne herself there. There you go. Um, Leanne's father, who was called trim tab his real name was jim tab he developed it it won the uh, best rub on the planet award it's been used by winning pit masters for over 30 years and is now available online at pigpowder.com and uh i use it a lot in fact i gotta hit very, her up for very versatile more. it is yes it's very versatile so a little bit of heat but the heat it's got a good back heat to it, but not overwhelming. So it does work on a lot of foods, even French fries in your baked beans, on popcorn, on your scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it works really well. In fact, I need to get another couple of, I'll order it. I'll pay for it. You know, no, but that's uh, right. Oh. I got to do that. But anyway, go to pigpowder.com and uh, order some pig powder today. So we're talking with Brad Polichek from Redbeard Seasonings. How big of a discussion was it, Brad, to name the company and the seasonings? Not the individual mixes, but was it obvious between you and your wife that it was going to be Redbeard? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things like the whole beard concept in the United States is a whole nostalgia all in of itself. Right. And we were just like, oh, people called me Redbeard all the time because I have a red beard. So I'm like, well, let's just make a Redbeard seasonings. It wasn't 
really much of a process. It was just kind of one of those things that was, okay, that's it. Just kind so. of fell into place. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Leanne, you could always go lawn bomber or something. Yeah. If, yeah. Well, I got to keep it real. My dad, you know, he developed it. He, he should get the credit. Yeah. I still have a little face on there because, you know, I have a different last name than Tab. So, you know, just to kind of bring it together. But <laughs> anyway, and I'm not growing a red beard. <laughs> that's good. That's good. We don't, we don't, uh, that's, that wouldn't look very good on you. I think Brad would agree with me on that. It looked kind of funky with a big red beard yeah. on you. Yeah, I'd pass on the beard, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- I'll leave that joke alone. Anyway, um, as you're doing your development, your R&D between you and your wife, what happens when you come to a, a loggerhead, a stalemate on a, a blend that you think is good and maybe the other people in the household or your R&D team say, no, Brad, that's not it? How do, how do you deal with that? Because that's that's going to happen if it hasn't already. Usually my wife wins. Um, Smart man. Um, we have a bunch of stuff that we were working on that just hasn't made it there yet. Um, we just kind of put that stuff on the side. We've got 10, 10 blends now, one that's going to be coming out next week. So the goal, I guess, at this point with the size of the business is not to just push out any more products than what we have now we're going to stay where we're at for a little while and keep things going for obviously because of inventory storage space um production costs that kind of thing we have some stuff on the back burner that's just kind of hanging out so it's there we need it we haven't really had too many um when there's been uh something that we were working on that people didn't generally like it was like okay set that aside or we've made changes to it or put it on the back burner to work, come back and work on later at some point. Cause it's not, uh, we're not in a position right now where we need to be pushing out new products. So we kind of have the luxury of just sitting back and uh, waiting on those. We can work on them later, or make adjustments as needed. When you're creating um, a blend, a rub, whatever you want to call it, how many times through the trial and error process uh, does it take on average for you guys until you get to where you're happy with it? Um, it's a few at least because when we, I try and use the same products or the same ingredients our co-packer does, but obviously we don't have the luxury of just getting the stuff from them. Mm-hmm. You give him the idea or the base ingredients and they make up, uh, test, test batch of it and then when we get it we test it out and provide feedback to them but it's it's usually i think we've only ever had one uh blend that we did that was like two adjustments and done so <clears throat> what it what i'm just curious about this do they when they send you a sample to try is it like a one pound box it's it's got to be more than just one you know two ounce bottle or something yeah do a one one pound sample batch um every time we make an adjustment or come up with a new idea and what do you do with the i mean do you use it all up i'm just curious because when i did it they sent me three pound boxes and you couldn't use it all you know if it was a bad blend a two ounce container you're lucky you get one pound i mean you can put it on food very easily a pound and test it out on different meats right right yeah Yeah, we get it in. Um, we usually send it out. We've got some 
um, brand ambassador, people that work with us. Um, I usually give it out to friends and family, people who I know are going to, who I trust to use it and give me honest feedback and not just say, oh, that's awesome. That's great. You know, but I usually give as much of it out as possible um, just to get as much feedback as we can. That way we're making sure that we're putting something out that's worth it and we're not wasting our time. Okay. Well, let's talk about your pitmaster experience. Did you start uh, prior to going in the military? Were you cooking then or did you work with your dad when you, like a lot of people did when they were little, if they were at a Weber kettle or whatever in the backyard, how did you develop to where you are now? Yeah, lots of, um, lots of grilling with dad back in the day. Um, the one time, actually, it's funny when I was 18, I was lighting up the gas grill on his back porch and there was a, a pool. The deck was built up around the pool and the, that's where the grill was. And for whatever reason, I had the hood of the grill open and I started that thing up and it flashed right in my face and I went jumping in the pool. I thought I was on fire, but it did take a little bit of a hit on my beard and my facial hair, but <laughs> uh, it was pretty scary. Thankfully, the only time that's ever happened, but um, yeah, lots of time, you know, learning from family gr uh, grilling back in the day. The barbecue thing really came about um, about five or six years ago. And then when the pandemic hit, it was really, you know, everybody was cooking at home. And oh, I yeah. really deep dove into the whole barbecue thing uh, probably about three, three and a half years ago. I know when <clears throat> the little town that I live in, when the when the pandemic hit and the lockdowns came on, all of a sudden, you could smell the the grills and the smokers all over up and down the street, which you never did, except at my house normally, you know, right. but you'd smell them all over the place. And it was like, oh, that's a good sign, I think, you know, yeah. it did like that. Did you uh, did you ever suggest to your superiors in the army that they should use better quality seasonings on their food? I I wish. <laughs> I that's one thing I don't miss about the army was the food. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I ate army food a few times and I would agree with you <clears throat> on that. In your have you do you compete at all? You said you met with some folks down in uh, North Carolina, I think, and you did that. Are you on their team or you created your own team now? We took our own team down there um at the time the first one that we did down there is a non-sanctioned event. Um we did there's not a whole lot of uh, KCBS events in Ohio. There's only two this year. We actually have one doing uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday in Marietta, Ohio. So we'll be down there for that. Um, we're trying to put another one together for next year that's in the works. And then we're going to be doing a couple of SCA events later on this year too. What's your favorite thing to cook? Probably ribs, pork ribs. Yeah. Leanne, how many people do you, when we ask that question, do they, is it, a lot of them are diehard brisket people, and a lot of them are rib people. We don't get Everyone a lot. Everyone has their little favorites. Yeah. You know, and it's usually what they do best. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. To, you what? I love to eat brisket. That's my least favorite thing to cook, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens. It happens. It's uh, it, when you're when you're evolving into a business owner, a pit master, a, you know, a seasoning company and all that, you've got to be pretty dedicated to the craft, uh, especially the cooking aspect. So you can tell people, honestly, hey, I use this on steak or a chop or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, it's good. 
It's good. It works. The catering it's- thing. People don't realize how much work and time and effort goes into the into a catering business, specifically doing barbecue food. And that's one thing that um, that I always tell people when you know when you're giving people quotes and stuff on pricing. Um, you know, it's like, well, if you're going to go to McDonald's and pay thirteen bucks for a cheeseburger and fries and a Coke, why wouldn't you pay fourteen bucks for you know pork and two hot sides? And but the the catering side of things is really a uh, found out real quick that's a lot of work I enjoy it and it's it's yeah, taken... that's for the money is too absolutely yeah i i've done a little of that and leanne's done a lot of that and it is a lot of work but like she said that's where the money is and, and that also gets your name out there consistently right yeah we have every one of our recipes not everyone the majority of our recipes that we use for our catering stuff we've tried to incorporate one of our seasonings into that recipe to kind of cross contaminate the two that way people are like oh that smoked mac and cheese is great okay well it has the seasoning in it you know just to try and keep things uh connected yeah, I like, I like how you said cross contaminate <laughs> <laughs> in a good way in a good way in a good way we're going to take another break we're going to be back with uh brad polichek from uh Redbeard seasonings Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on USA Radio Networks and and in sundry of stations around and multiple platforms and streaming and uh, makes my head spin most mornings. Um, it does that. We're talking with uh, Brad Polachek, owner and pitmaster of Redbeard Seasonings. Um, it's, I will say, you know, from the pandemic, Brad, to to right now and doing what you've done, I think you're to be commended because uh, it's been a tough road for the country in a lot of respects. It was kind of a, it was kind of, I guess, the scariest time you could think to try and start a business. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I guess the avenue or the approach that we took was starting it during the pandemic was there was so many people cooking at home and there was so many people getting into barbecue. Like, I feel like there's more people barbecuing now than there ever has before because everybody hit YouTube and hit the internet to figure out how, you know, how do I smoke a brisket? How do I do this? Cause a lot of people were cooking at home and looking for alternative methods. We kind of use that, I guess, to our advantage to launch um, the seasoning side of things because it depends on how you look at it. But for us, it was kind of the perfect time, especially locally in the look for a local market perspective to market our products to everybody. So. I think that made sense. You know, and there was a lot of people we've had people on the show uh, and Leanne and I both know people that during the pandemic that owned restaurants, some of them went away. uh, But the ones that stayed open tried to work with uh, other operators that maybe had closed their uh, their business. But the guy that was still in business, you know, leased their storefront property, what have you, made ghost stores out of them, ghost and and uh, there's a lot of stories like that. So your catering fits right in with that. 
What's the biggest pain in the ass about the catering business for you? Just the preparation time. Um, the night we do, we do have a food truck too, that we set up occasionally, um, try and do it once or twice a week here locally. But the biggest, I guess the biggest benefit to the catering thing is, you know, when you know how many people and you know what you need to cook. It's just the, the preparation time, um, and getting everything ready. We don't have employees. It's we're a family run business. So, um, we do everything from start to finish. And it, it's just the time aspect of that. I guess it would be the most um, time-consuming or the worst aspect of the catering side of things. And what's the best part of it besides putting the check in the bank? <laughs> just watching people, um, you know, eat the food that you're preparing and having a positive experience with it. I think that's why I like the the catering thing altogether. Is just knowing that you're providing people with good food to eat and you're getting good feedback. Obviously if it wasn't good, we wouldn't be here, but um, I think just the satisfaction of being able to handle an event for someone, they don't have to take care of the food aspect of it. We've got it. And then the feedback from the people that are, that are consuming what you're putting out there. I think that's, I think that's a really fair assessment. Um, when you've prepared for, 10 people to 200 people, whatever the number is, and you get a few compliments as they're either eating or, you know, headed out the door, something like that. It kind of gives you this warm and fuzzy feeling. Either that or you just had a stroke, one of the two. I don't oh know. But, but uh, <laughs> do you get that sensation, Leanne? Not the stroke part. I know that. But, <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's personal. It's personal. I think anytime you prepare a meal for somebody, it's personal. Even if it's a peanut butter and, and uh, you know, sardine sandwich or something, it's personal. I agree. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years, Brad? Hopefully, um, we end up with getting into some distribution channels for the products, uh, the seasoning side of things. We have some teams that are using our stuff in competition, so hopefully that continues to to be a thing and we can get our name out there. Uh, the catering side of things where we live at in Ohio, we live in a very remote rural area. So it's kind of a, the catering thing I think is going to be huge. There's not a lot of options for catering around here specifically with barbecue catering stuff. So I think the catering thing's gonna be the, the bread and butter of the business. Uh, but the goal is also to grow and expand on the seasoning side of things. And get into, you know, like I said, all the distribution that we've done has been boots on the ground, um, going into places, meeting people, handing out samples. We'll continue to do that. Um, and we'll, at some point, you know, in the future, in the next few years, start looking at distribution channels. And um, that's one area that we're obviously not familiar with at all. So that's going to be a learning experience and it's going to be some some work, but um, we're willing to put it in to try and, and keep growing the business. So. Do you have a website? Redbeardseasonings.com. Okay. Do you have your catering on there as well? Yep. Catering menus on there. Um, we also started doing corporate gift box type things for companies. That's That's been a, a positive thing. Um, we have all of our catering information, all the seasonings, and the limited merchandise that we have is on the website as well. I know okay. it's only April, but you have to definitely like get in on the holiday gift packs and start putting together your promos for that. Cause that's always 
we did gift boxes last year. Um, pick Perfect. your own, things, and we sold a ton of them. Yeah. So that, good for fun. you. Good for you. You know, Leanne's going to be the queen of QVC here shortly. Did you know <laughs> that, Brad? That's out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, I probably we'll wasn't say, supposed we'll to say, say that, but, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. We just got the date. Got the date. So May 21st, Pit Boss. I will be talking about our Pit Boss Portable on QVC. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Very excited about it. If you ask her, Brad, she'll send you an autographed picture, too. <laughs> <laughs> that and a dollar will get you 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about uh, your OCO in the Army or something, Brad, that you could send some samples to? I probably send out too much free stuff. Honestly. No, you don't. No, you don't. I want to give you I want to give you a little story on that. So my dad used to go to barbecue contests all the time and he was constantly giving it away. And I was like, dad, 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 you're not making any money. And that's what he did. And seriously, I do think that pig powder is where it is today because of him giving it away. I think there was a, an ROI return on investment on that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm going to say I agree with it. And I, I agree with it 100%. I think to that point, Leanne, is some of the, the best watching my dad and working with him in the pizza business when I was a teenager. I think that sometimes the most underappreciated ROI is not the cash. It's the value of what you're doing to promote your business. Absolutely. Brad uh, Polachek from um, Pitmaster and owner of red beard seasonings we're out of time i'm sorry bud but uh we really appreciate you being on the show we wish you a ton of luck with that yes it's awesome that you took the time thank you yeah yeah i appreciate you on we'll be back next week with another edition of barbecue nation until then remember our motto turn it don't burn it so for miss leanne brad myself you take care have a great week Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.